Well, if you would turn in your scriptures to our scripture reading, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not uh, what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And may God seal to us his word now, if you would turn over to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 5, in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 5, and if you remember, our two major themes in the book is that God was to make his words a fire in Jeremiah's mouth. And the people of Jerusalem 
were to be wood, and the fire was to consume them. Jeremiah's preaching was primarily about the coming judgment of God upon the people. And so the fire consumes the wood. And yet Jeremiah felt it deeply. If you remember, he said that his eyes wept bitter tears. And if he were to collect them all, they would be a great many tears. Uh, that's why Jeremiah is called the, the weeping prophet. The message God gave him was painful for him. It grieved him deeply that the people would not listen. They would not bear the truth. Now, I was elected prime minister for a day. It was in grade 11. And the teacher decided we were going to have a mock election. And we were going to form a Canadian cabinet. And we would have a prime minister and all the other uh, others in the cabinet. And we were to have an election. That, and after class, the teacher pulled me aside and he said, Kevin, your mark depends on you getting elected prime minister. Marks, I took marks very seriously back then. Do you notice that? You take marks so seriously in university too, and no one ever asked me what my marks were, ever. You, you've never asked me what my marks were. But I took them seriously, so I, I had to become prime minister. So that night, I got out the phone, the old rotary phone that we had, and I went through the phone book, and I called every student in the class. And I began my campaign, and I lied. I lied about everything. I just piled the lies on top of lies, and whatever they wanted to hear, I promised them. And it worked. The, the next day, I was elected prime minister. And I got a good mark. And I've always felt a little bad about that, uh, what it took and what, what I did. And those were days before I knew Christ as Savior. <laughs> now, we know who the father of lies is. The scripture tells us it's the devil. And we know that the scripture tells us not to bear false witness. We know the scripture tells us that Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. And that those who are liars will not be in the kingdom of God. God takes lying very, very seriously. And Jeremiah now in these chapters, 5 through 10, he gives a series of messages. And he underlines and highlights Lies that the people believed. Lies that the people were, were, were promoting and saying to themselves to make them feel good about themselves. And it's interesting how these lies are common to man because they're lies that could be spoken today and are spoken today by many people. 
And so let's go through a few of them here, beginning at chapter 5. He says, first of all, an invitation, run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take notes. So go on this search, he says. Search your squares to see if you can find a man, one who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. So go on a hunt for a truth a truthful person, one who loves truth. Though they say, as the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. Notice, they say this, as the Lord lives. And what they're doing is they would tie God's name to their lies. As the Lord lives, I will do this. As the Lord lives, I'm going to pay this. As the Lord lives... And they were lying through their teeth and bringing God into it. That's the definition of saying, taking the Lord's name in vain is what they were doing in this. They were worse than Sodom. Abraham went to Sodom and Gomorrah and looked for someone there. At least he found some. Here, none can be found. They are worse off now than Sodom and Gomorrah. Surely, to tie God's name, I mean, his name is his holiness, his person. Surely, that would just be someone who would be ignorant of God, someone who, who, who was poor, someone who was uneducated, Surely it must just be that sort of person who would do such an irreverent, dishonorable thing as to tie God's name to a lie. And so that's what he says. He says in verse 4, These are only the poor. They have no sense, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. He says, I'll go to the great. And we'll speak to them, for they know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. But they all alike had broken the yoke. They had burst the bonds. He says, no, it's not, it's not just the poor. It's just not, not just the uneducated. It's those who should know better, who have made it their business to study such things and to, to know about God. They're doing it too. Everyone's doing it taking the name of the Lord in vain. Look at the second thing they say over in uh, verse 10. Go through her vine rows, destroy, make not a full end, strip away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah has been utterly treacherous to me, declares the Lord. They have spoken falsely of the Lord, and they have said, notice that, this is what they're saying, he will do nothing. No disaster will come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine. That God will do nothing. This is the lie that they are repeating to themselves. This is very familiar today. Consequence-free living, that it doesn't matter. God doesn't care about our choices. He doesn't mind our immoralities. 
He's not going to judge us. He's not going to act against us. God will continue to bless us and keep us and protect us. That's God's job. Consequence-free living. I mean, we are the good guys. Our nation is chosen. It's blessed. Everything will continue as it always has. God loves us. God's not going to do anything against us. He's not going to object. There's no boundaries that God particularly cares about. And the prophets that are saying otherwise, he tells us that, verse 13, the prophets will become wind. It's just wind in our ears, you know? The prophets that are saying it matters, our sin, come on. They're just blowing air. And so they are saying these things and living according to these lies. One, as the Lord lives. And they're saying God will do nothing. And what they should have been saying is verse 24. This is what they should have been saying. They do not say in their hearts. This is what they're not saying. They should be. Let us fear the Lord our God. Who gives the rain in its season. The autumn rain and the spring rain. And keeps for us the weeks appointed for the harvest. He's such a good God. Let us fear the Lord our God. They ought to be taking God seriously. They ought to be listening and obeying to God. They, they, They ought to be worshiping and approaching God with reverence. Rather than dismissing him as some sort of pleasant person who doesn't notice anything and sweeps everything under the rug. Look over at verse 30. He says, an appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. Those are two very, very uh, heavy words in the Hebrew. Appalling and horrible thing. The prophets prophesy falsely. He says they're, they're all lying. They're, they're telling the people lies. They're saying everything is okay. God doesn't mind. God is pleased with you. And he says the priests rule at their direction. So in other words, the authorities of the land are making their rules and their laws based on the lying prophets. And then the people themselves, the citizens, look at what it says of them. My people love to have it so. They wouldn't have it any other way. It's appalling and it's horrible and they love it. You see, most people would rather be lied to than face the truth. We believe a great many wrong things because it's comfortable for us to do so. And let's not disturb our pleasures. Let's not make ourselves feel bad. Let's not stay awake at night with thoughts of doom. Lies are pleasant. Lies are reassuring. They tell us that that God doesn't mind our sins. 
The lies tell us that God approves of us. Our lies tell us that we are on the side of good here in Canada. And that we can have anything without consequence. And when a people gives itself to lies, they become unable to discern hypocrisy. They're unable to discern through what, what comes to them through the media and, and the distractions and the propaganda that's fed to us. I mean, our propaganda tells us Canada is right up here on the list of wonderful countries, democratic countries. We're high up here on God's approval index. And that's our power of self-deception. We deceive ourselves. No one wants to listen to the truth. That we're a nation that kills its children, kills its seniors, kills its hurting and its sick. We're a nation that celebrates every degenerate and perverse and corrupt thing. And we're a nation that has left God made itself an enemy of God. We're, we become a nation that despises the word of Jesus Christ. And look at what they say in verse 14. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace. This is what they're saying, peace, peace. When there is no peace, so they're having, they're filled with false assurance. He uses the healing metaphor here, like putting a bandage over a mortal wound and saying, everything's good. Everything, it'll heal. It's not going to heal. And when a nation has become so callous as to not even blush at its own perversions, and he tells us that in verse 15, they did not know how to blush. Its deviant behaviors become so normalized. Its immoralities. Peace, peace, everything is fine. It's not fine. He tells us about the old ways, the old ways of faith in God. And how they're mocked. Look at verse 16. Thus says the Lord. Stand by the roads and look. And ask for the ancient paths. Where the good way is. And walk in it. And find rest for your souls. But they said. Here's what they're saying again. We will not walk in it. You see. The old ways are mocked. Faith, the faith of our forefathers is ridiculed. And there's this idea out there that somehow Christianity has kept people from what is good and what's enjoyable and what's happy and, and, and freedom and, and how religion is, is outdated now. We, we're, we progress beyond the need for it. We are very progressive people in Canada. 
as they were in Jerusalem. And yet, they are, we are imp imprisoned in pleasure, loneliness, dysfunction, and addictions that consume, and people looking for enough, never finding enough of anything to be satisfied. But they insist that the old ways, and here the the old way of walking with the Lord and recognizing God as a true God, never living God. Our old way of recognizing Christ, somehow this is opposed to progress. If you hold to the old ways, now in Canada, you're more likely to get canceled. You're gonna be censored. You might even get fired. And you're going to get some resistance for sure. Look at what they say in chapter 7, verse 4. Chapter 7, verse 4. Do not trust... He says, in these deceptive words. So this is the words they're saying. He's saying, don't trust in them. This is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. <laughs> Three times. And what they're saying is, God, God is present here in Jerusalem. God lives here in Jerusalem. So there's nothing to worry about. He's always going to protect Jerusalem. He's going to keep it safe. He's, we can't fall. We are so special. The temple of the Lord. It's like our national anthem. God, keep our land glorious and free. Oh, nothing's ever going to happen to Canada. Micah. The prophet would preach this. Her leaders judge for a bribe. Her priests teach for a price. And her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Hmm. People wear tattoos for various reasons. And yet for some people, it's almost like a talisman where they, I mean, if you look at people in prison, they have scripture verses written all over their flesh. It's a curious thing. Almost like a good luck charm to them, perhaps, or a, as they go and commit their crimes, they have God's word on them. They don't see the the contrast. It's trendy to wear a cross around your neck. And there are many who, who go out clubbing on the weekends, wearing their cross around their neck, dressing provocatively with the cross around their neck, and jumping from bed to bed with the cross around their neck. 
filled with rebellion and disappointment and anger and hoping to finally find something that's enough, 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 but it's never enough. And there's this idea that God will always listen. That you can turn to God anytime and he's going to listen. And so he's just waiting there. Look at what God says to Jeremiah in verse 16. As for you, that's Jeremiah, do not pray for this people or lift up a cry of prayer for them. And do not intercede with me, for I will not hear you. Do you not see what they're doing in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Judah? Don't you see it? Don't pray for them. Wow. Verse 23. This command I gave them, obey my voice. I will be your God. You will be my people. And walk in all the way I command you that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear. But walked in their own counsels. In the stubbornness of their evil heart. And went backward, not forward. Verse 28. This is a nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord their God. Did not accept discipline. Truth has perished. It is cut off from their lips. You're going backward. Our nation's going backward, not forward. It's not progressive. We're not progressing forward. We're going backward to rank paganism. Young people uh, here this morning, pay attention. Pay attention. Because our nation, Canada, is going backward, not forward. You are beset by liars. You are surrounded by liars. And things are spinning out of control and going sideways very quickly. The Ethics Resource Center reports this that telling lies is a universal problem and is increasing. And they write, there are liars today in every segment of our population, including judges, lawyers, physicians, educators, executives, coaches, players in sports, clergy, law enforcement, and news media. There is a kingdom of lies being built in the West. And the big whoppers are obvious, such as men can be women, or men can get pregnant. And we're expected to believe this, and they tell us, trust them, that women can be men, believe us. But diversity and inclusion means excluding Equity means treating people unequally. And we're being asked to reject the evidence of our ears and the evidence of our eyes 
And instead, what feels right is true. And what is true is our own truth. Find your own truth is what we're being told by liars. My truth is different from yours, they say. And they say, follow your heart, though our hearts are deceitful above all things. Learn to love yourself, we're told, though people have an unhealthy self-occupation and don't love God. It's not hard to imagine Pilate repeating his dismissal, what is truth? What is truth? Who cares? And the thought of bearing pain or suffering for truth almost seems ridiculous in our modern lying age. I mean, what truth is worth, is worth it? What truth is worth suffering? What truth is worth loss? What truth is worth being ostracized and ridiculed and mocked and put down? What truth is worth it? I mean, Jeremiah, after this particular message called the Temple Sermon, he was threatened with death. He was threatened with death for speaking the truth. And listen to his heart as his bottle filled with more tears. He said this, I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say, if I say this, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire a fire shut up in my bones, and I'm weary of holding it in. I cannot. I've got to get it out. I hear many whispering, he said. I hear many whispering. Terror on every side. Report him. Report him. Report him. Israel would tie God's name to lies. They believe the lie that there's no consequence to sin. And they had no fear of God. They believed the old ways of faith were outdated. That the suggestion of judgment by God was absurd. That God existed solely to approve of them and keep them happy. And that everything in their decadent, horrible, appalling nation was just fine. And so he says, truth has perished. It's vanished from their lips. Will truth vanish from your lips? 
The pressure is intense. The pressure is immense. There's a TED Talk, five-minute TED Talk, given by Matthew O'Reilly. Matthew O'Reilly was a paramedic. And he tells the story of his job and sort of said that he lied for a living. Because over and over again, he was faced with situations where the person was dying. And when the person who was dying would ask him as the paramedic, am I dying? Matthew O'Reilly had made it his practice to give false assurance of hope. This is what he would say to that question, am I dying? He would say, not today. Hold in there. Even as they were gasping their last breath, even as their eyes rolled back into their heads, he would say such things. And he realized he was afraid to speak the truth. He was afraid of what their response might be. But all that changed on one day. There was a motorcycle accident and the young man was laying out on the pavement as Matthew O'Reilly went up to him and began to care for him and this young man said, am I dying? And Matthew O'Reilly at that moment told the truth. He said to this young man, yes, you're dying. There's nothing I can do. He was surprised at the response he got. It wasn't terror, it wasn't anger, it was a form of acceptance, he thought, where he began to see a common thread because he from that point on, decided to always tell the truth to those who were dying, that the dying need the truth. And he said there was a common theme that he found. He found that they would be very much wanting to mention some of their regrets. I regret this. I, I wish I had this. And in that sense looking for some form of forgiveness. And the second thing is they wanted to be remembered. I hope in some way they wanted to continue on. And the third thing was they, they wanted in some way to know that their life mattered, that the fact that they had been born and lived and now died, that, that it mattered in some way. And of course, Christianity has answers for all of those three concerns. Christianity has an answer in Jesus Christ, the Savior, who 
Through his blood on the cross, we are forgiven of our sins. Every regret, everything that we've, we're made clean and forgiven. And we do continue on. The resurrection to life. God grants eternal life to those who are his. And our lives do matter because he created us. We were first made in his mind before we even became flesh. We are valued by him. Matthew O'Reilly decided that he would no longer comfort the dying with lies. He said, truth is more dignified. The question becomes, will we speak the truth? Will you live the truth? Or do you bow before the kingdom of lies that is pressuring you now to accept lies as somehow the next step of progress? No, it's not progress. It's going backwards. Rod Driller writes this. He says, the ordinary man may not be able to overturn the kingdom of lies, but at least don't be its loyal subject. <laughs> Plato said, no one is hated more than he who speaks the truth. And he said, those who are able to see beyond the shadows and lies of their culture will never be understood Beyond the shadows and lies, young people that are being fed you by your culture and media and social, our societal structures, as, as our Canada and our nations drifts further and further away from the truth, the more it's going to hate you. It's going to hate you the, for loving the truth. It's going to hate you for speaking the truth. They picked up stones to kill Jesus for speaking the truth. He spoke the truth, but they would not hear him. They belonged to their father, the devil, and there is no truth in the devil. When the devil speaks, it's his native language, lies. He is a liar, and he is the father of lies. And the reason they didn't hear Jesus is because they didn't belong to God. God wasn't their father. And we know that grace and truth come through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, who would say, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And Pilate who said, you're a king then? And Jesus said, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, he said. We live in a dying world, in a dying country, in a dying county, amongst the dying people. And they need the truth. They need to know there are moral boundaries 
that cannot be changed. They have been set by God that sin is serious and has eternal consequence. That there is one who is truth. And this one who is truth died for our sins and rose again that we might live in truth, that we might proclaim the truth, that we might hear the truth and live that truth out. Brothers and sisters, there is a truth worth suffering for. Amen? There is a truth, a truth worth, worth dying for. Would you pray with me? Father, Father of truth, thank you for giving us your son who spoke your word of truth and, and that truth has set us free. And we, Lord, are called to proclaim that truth, the truth of the gospel, into, into a world now that is so encumbered and beset by liars who are saying such ridiculous things, such evil and wicked things, such things that are appalling and horrible, just as it was in Jerusalem of old, so it is now in our nation. And they are saying a great many things that are wrong they are saying a great many things that are deceitful and give false hope. And their ears are not tuned for truth. Lord, help us to stand fast. Give our, our young people, Lord, spines with courage and boldness and to, to, not, to not go the way... Uh, of this new path, these new roads that are being set that lead to destruction, lead to such suffering and end of judgment and, oh Lord, the people you put around us, they need a witness for you. They need the truth and we need courage and we need your spirit We thank you, Father, for uh, your word to us this morning. Seal it to our hearts. Help us to treasure it now, to live it, to go forth in truth this, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God's truth abideth, abideth still.